Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. So this morning, I want to talk about getting back to the basics. Because a lot of times we, we want all the good stuff in the church message. We want the, I want to hear about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to hear about the gifts. I want to hear about the, all these things. I want to hear about healings. I want to know how to do all those things. And we forget about the basics of just reading your Bible every day. Did y'all hear what I said? I said every day. And I just, I had some stats that I wanted to show because this this truly blew me away. And it says, uh, America has a literacy problem. Almost 14% of adult population cannot read. But illiteracy isn't just a problem in a secular society. A far worse kind of illiteracy affects the church. Biblical illiteracy. It says only 20% of Americans say that they've read the entire Bible at least once. 20%, that's one out of five. We got five teenagers on the front row. That means only one of them read the Bible the whole way through. That's not good. It says only 22% says that they systematically read through a section of the Bible a little every day. 22%. It says a third of Americans never read the Bible on their own. That's 33%, amen? Studies found that only 45% of those who regularly attend church, that's each and every one of us, who regularly attend church read the Bible more than once a week. Over 40% of the people attending read their Bible occasionally, maybe once or twice a month. Almost one out of five churchgoers say that they've never read the Bible. Essentially the same number who read every day. I mean, one out of five read every day. I mean, four out of five people don't read their Bibles. But yet we want to see a revival. We want to see moves of God. We want to see lives changed. We want to see souls saved. But we can't do the little things. Remember what God said? If you're faithful in the what? Little. Then you'll get the much. Amen? But we got to be faithful in that little bit. And that's waking up taking some time and reading your Bibles. Amen? Now I want to read these last few. These were the ones that hurt my heart a little bit. It says fewer than half, 47% says the Bible is 100% accurate in all its teaching. 51% says the Bible was written For each person to interpret as he or she chooses. Is that right, church? We can't pick and choose how we read the Bible. Amen? It says three quarters, 77% of people say they must contribute their own efforts for personal salvation. Is that right, church? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? Amen. It says half, 52%, says good deeds will help them earn a spot in heaven. And 45% believe that there are many ways to get there. You see the problem we having? That's why reading our Bible is so important. Amen? Amen? And last but not least, it says 74% 
disagree with the idea that even the smallest sin deserves eternal damnation. Do y'all really believe that a, a, a small piece of bubble gum that you put in your pocket because you really wanted it but your mom told you no can result in hell? I knew I wouldn't get many reaction on that one. And the reason is because our feelings get involved. And when our feelings get involved, guess what happened? We stop believing what God says. And we say, oh, my feelings says. That, that can't be right. A small piece of bubble gum will send me to hell? That's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus said. And so as we begin to start this message, let me just pray this morning. Lord, I just thank you for allowing me to be able to preach your word, Lord. And Lord, I pray that I get out everything that you have, that you want me to get out, Lord Jesus. And I pray that each and every person in this place, Lord, will receive it the way that you have them to receive it, Lord. Lord, I know this is going to be a tough message, a hard message, but I pray that in the end, souls will be saved. Lord, I thank you. I love you. I give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Back to the basics. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through 4. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received and in which you stand. We should stand for something. Amen? By which also you are saved. If you hold fast, that word which I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. For I deliver to you first of all that which I also receive, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture. That he who was buried, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the what? The scripture. So if we never read our Bible, how will we know these things? Amen? We got to get back to the basics. We got to get back to the place to where we seek what Jesus says over what the next man says. Amen? Some of us have, have lived, lived the Christian life. And we've gone through the motions. We've came to church every day, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, whenever the doors are open. But have never witnessed to a person by themselves one-on-one. -on -one. That's a problem, church. We got to get to the place to where we know what the Bible says. Because when we know what the Bible says, it'll give us that boldness. It'll allow the Holy Spirit to work through us to give us that boldness so that we can go out and win souls. Because how many know it's easy to go out in a group of people and hand out Jesus cards and run away when you hand it to them? There you go. Right? But it takes boldness to, to stretch out your hand and to say, here you go. Have you got one of these? And they say, what is this? You say, I'm glad you asked me. Have you ever thought about eternity? Have you ever thought about what happens when you take your last breath? Have anybody ever asked anybody that question? It'll stop them for a minute. They'll think about, wait, I'm going to die? Hey, yeah, we all going to die one day. Hey, man, a lot of us want to hang on and and do amazing things on this earth, right? But eventually, one day, we're going to take our last breath, each and every one of us. 
even you young people, right? And you know what's amazing? Scary at the same time is God don't tell us when that time is going to be. Our time could be now. Our time could be right after church. Our time could be in the next few minutes. That's one of my favorite videos, if you guys ever seen it, the rapture video, where the guy's like, it could be in a minute, it could be in a moment, it could be right now. And most of the church is gone, but then there's a few looking around. Like, what happened? We got to be able to preach the gospel. The gospel is the good news, amen? Anybody like good news? Amen. In order to know that something is good news, what has to happen? There has to be some bad news, right? But we as Christians, we don't give people the bad news. We just give them the good news. Hey, Jesus loves you. You can be saved. And the world is looking around like, what do I need to be saved from? I'm good. I got a house. I got a car. I got a job. I got a this. I got a that. I got a that and a this and a that. Right? And all we can say is, Jesus loves you. And the world is like, okay, thanks. Right? If Jesus loves you is the only thing that you have in your arsenal, I got it, arsenal, I can guarantee you not winning many souls. Amen? I mean, that's a good phrase to say, right? Jesus loves you, but the world needs to know why Jesus loves you. The world needs to know what Jesus did on that cross for us. But we don't want to tell them because we don't read our Bible and we're not confident enough to be able to speak it to somebody else. A man once said, the way that you know that you know something is because you can teach somebody else. Amen? And I, and I just want, let me just put this out there. This is not a condemnation message. This is a reset message. This is a get everything back right message. This is a let me start putting Jesus first message. Amen? So, I didn't expect very many amens in, in, in the 11 o'clock service. And for some reason, you guys sleep longer than the nine. But something happened in the nine o'clock service this morning. Amen. And I'm expecting something to happen in this service too. Amen. But we got to wake up and realize that time is running out. Time is short. Amen. And we got to get on the ball. I want to see a revival. Anybody else want to see a revival? Amen. Amen. We want to see a revival. We want to see people come in and give their lives to Christ. We want to see people come in and in wheelchairs and walk out. We want to see people come in blind, leave being able to see. We want to see deaf people come in, being able to hear. But we can't open our Bibles. And read a couple of verses every day. It's hard to be able to, to witness to somebody who think they got it all together. Right? The hardest thing to do is to get somebody to take that first step to admit that they're a sinner. And I believe that problem starts with us, the Christian. In saying that, Lord, I'm sorry for trying to be perfect. For trying to let the world think that I'm such a perfect person instead of being real. Amen? Too many times we're in the world, we're trying to convey that we're a perfect person. And we're saying, you know what, I'm, I don't have any problems. I gave my life to the Lord and nothing can go wrong. Everything is good. 
I got everything in order. I'm great. Man, I'm saved and life is amazing. How many know that's a lie? Or if you're saved and everything is perfect in your life, then you're telling God in his word that he was wrong. Because the Bible says that we will have trials and tribulations. The Bible says that we will have struggles. The Bible says that we will go through some things. The Bible says that we will have some, some situations that we don't know how to get, get out of. But he said, when you trust me, I'll take care of it. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And they had to go through that fiery furnace because they stood up for what, the, what was right. They stood up for the Lord. And they went in. God didn't save them from the furnace. They had to go in that furnace. And it was hot. But then when those people looked in there, they said, why is there four people in that furnace? Amen. Why is there four people in that furnace? Amen. That's the same way our lives should be when we're out there in the world. Our co-workers, our friends should be able to say, man, they going through something. But why are they smiling? Why are they still good? Why are they still coming in every day talking about they good when I know they not good? Because we can trust in the Lord, in his promises, in his word. But listen, if we don't read the word, then guess what we got to tell the world? Hey, come to Jesus. He'll make your life better. He'll make your life great. You can have all these things when you come to Jesus. And how many know people come into church just like that? Oh, man, I can come in. And, and, and how many know God is so amazing that he'll allow them to, to, to experience that, those things? But if they don't get in their word, then God also says they're going to have struggles. But when those struggles come, what happened? They gone. And then you sitting back like, why they leave? Because you didn't give them the word of God. Amen? We got to give them the word, but we can't give somebody something that what? We don't have. Amen? We got to be able to preach the word. And it starts with, with love. Because when you love somebody, it'll compel you to do some things, right? Anybody ever seen Taken? We should have a specific set of skills. <laughs> Amen? But a lot of us just want to watch the movie and go out there and try some of it. And come back and realize that ain't how it's supposed to go. You're supposed to do some training. Right? You're supposed to do some training. Let's look at First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 through 7. It says, if I could speak all the languages on earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It, did not, it does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no records of being wrong. 
It keeps no records of being wronged. It keeps no records of being wronged. I ain't seeing everybody say amen. <laughs> I ain't going to say what that may mean, but it keeps no records of being wrong. That's what love is. Love is let's keep it moving for the Lord. Amen. Because it's easy to keep wrongs, right? It's easy to keep records. Oh, you did it to me again. Again should never come out, right? Because we keep in no records of being wronged. That's what Jesus does. Amen. I remember I first got when I first got saved. And that pastor told me, he said, listen, everything you've ever done. Has been forgiven and forgotten. I said, who me? Like, ain't no way. Everything I've ever done. He said, everything. There is nothing. And the Bible says that Jesus don't even remember him. He threw him in a sea of forgetfulness. Amen? He threw him in a sea of forgetfulness. He don't even realize it. So when the enemy brings it back up, we can say, huh? Because only he remembers. Because my God don't remember. But what we do is we like to dwell on those things, right? Oh, man, my past. I can't get past my past. And but let's keep moving. Amen. Verse six. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Never loses faith. Is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Amen. That's what love does. That's what we can do for our family members, our friends, even when they hard headed. And you're like, man, how many times I got to tell you to, that Jesus want to do something in your life? Just put your trust in him. And we're living it and we're doing everything that God has called us to do and they still won't listen. And that's why we got to not give up. And so what do you do? You go pray for that person. Amen. Verse 13 says three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Amen? The greatest of these is love. Did you know Jesus said right before he got ready to take his last breath? He said, it is finished. He said, it is finished. Listen, this is back to the basics, that gospel. He said, it is finished. And when he said, it is finished, that means that we can now come to him. We no longer have to go out and wrestle up a bull, kill it, get the blood, smear it all over stuff. We don't got to do any of that. We don't got to burn it up, none of that. He made it easy for us. But a lot of times, what do we do? We mess it up. Oh, well, Jesus said you got to come. You got to do 18 Hill Marys. You got to come in, and then you got to go back, and then you got to say this prayer. You got to get baptized three times. You got to move to the left, and then you got to come back. And he didn't say all of that. The thief on the cross, how many remember that story? The thief on the cross. He was ridiculing Jesus. He was mocking him. He was making fun of him. And he came to his senses. He said, hey, I'm messed up. I'm a messed up sinner. And he said, so are you, other guy over there. He said, but this man ain't done nothing wrong. But yet he's up here hanging with us. That's not right. So what did he do? He acknowledged that he was a sinner, right? How many know that's the hardest step to get anybody to do? Because we all think we're good people. Amen? 
in the first service, I, I didn't make them raise their hands and ask who all was good people. Because if I was to do that, some people's hands would go up. And they would say, I'm a good person because I do lots of good things. I help old ladies across the street. When my parents ask me to do the dishes, I do the dishes. I, I'm amazing. If anybody deserves to go to heaven, it's me. Because that's how we think, right? Some of y'all must have heard the message this morning. That's why y'all ain't saying nothing. Amen? I'm just kidding. But listen, the hardest part is getting somebody to admit that they're a sinner. And that's where we come in. We got, they, they, they should be able to relate to us. Amen? They should be able to say, man, how can I get what you got? And you can share with them that, man, I'm, I'm messed up. I'm a messed up sinner just like you. But I accepted what Jesus did for me on that cross. And because of that, I don't want what I used to be. I don't want what I used to do. I want to stay as far away as I can from those. But you know what? I mess up sometimes. But I do it all over again. And I get back right with Jesus. There are far too many fake, perfect Christians in this world. And they're causing the world to hate who Jesus is. Because how many know you can only fake something for so long? I'm up here. How many know you can only fake something for so long? And then what happens? That ugly come out. It comes out all the wrong way, right? And then the world looking at you, I thought you was perfect. And then you got to backtrack and say, oh, we all messed up. Instead of just saying that in the beginning. Amen? Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 35, he says, and by this you will all know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That means each and every one of us should be loving one another. When we don't see one of us here, we should be trying to get a hold of them. Is everything okay? Man, we missed you at church. There's nothing like you being at church. Man, we miss seeing you. But what we do is a lot of times is we get callous to people reaching out to us, and then we just don't answer the phone. Stop stop talking to people. And how many know when, when we're being isolated, that's when the devil gets to do his best work. Listen, God want to see people saved just like we want to see people saved. But we got to know what his word says to be able to tell them. They need to hear somebody tell them, listen, the way you're going is leading down a road that you don't want to be. But what we don't like to, it was a guy, he said that, we don't like to witness because we don't want, we don't have an answer for the why. We don't have an answer to what the world may ask because we don't read our Bibles. I don't know if I asked this question, but I'm going to ask it, and I don't want you guys to raise your hands. I want you to just think about it. And if it's you, then I'll see you at the altar. Amen? All right. How many all over this place read your Bible every single day without fail? Don't raise your hands. If you said yes, amen. If you said, no, nah, not every day, 
We're going to have an altar call in a little while. And we come down and we just repent. And we change. And we start today. Today we're going to read our Bible. And then tomorrow we're going to read our Bible. And then the next day we're going to read our Bible. And the next day we're going to read our Bible. And then at 11.45 on the next day we're going to almost forget to read our Bible. And then we're going to remember and we're going to read our Bible. Amen. That's what we're going to do. Amen. We're going to start with the basics. We're going to get back to the things of God. We're going to get back to praying for each other. We're going to get back to loving each other. We're going to get back to saying, hey, I know you're going through something. Can I help you with anything? Can I pray for you about anything? When was the last time you asked somebody, could you pray for them about anything? That should be happening on the regular in this church. We see people come in, and you can tell they're hurting. And they may not even talk to you. They may just give you the stink eye. I don't know how to, how to do it, but they may give you the eye. And you can go up and ask them anyways, hey, can I pray for you? Is there anything I can pray for you? And they're going to think about it, and they're going to say, ah, maybe not. And then you leave from there and you pray for them anyways. Amen? You pray for them anyways. But listen. Matthew chapter 18, verse 3. It says, uh, Jesus says, except ye be converted and become like little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. This is how you be saved. To be childlike, amen? And it starts with the A. To admit, to acknowledge that you are a sinner. And this is, this is for us and this is for the people in the world. This is how we get to them. We got to find a way and this is why we pray each morning. Lord, help me to find a way to reach the lost. And you trying to find a way to get them to understand that they're a sinner just like us. And that they need a savior just like us. And you say, Lord, give me the wisdom to win a soul. And so one way is right out there up front. We got a whole bunch of tracks and Jesus cards up there. And you walk up to that person and you say, have you got one of these? And then you ask them, have you ever thought about what happens when you pass into eternity? And then you begin to, and if they say, I don't want to hear about it. And that's when you can hit them with the Jesus loves you and keep it moving. But at least they got that, that Jesus card that they can go back and read or whatever the case may be. Amen. But more times than not, the world is, is looking, is wanting something from us. We have what they're looking for. Amen. We have the cure to the disease that they're looking for. But the thing is, they don't even know they're dying. And that's why we can't just say, hey, I got a, I got a cure for you. Here it is. You ever try to give somebody a, a pill that they didn't know they needed? That'd be weird, wouldn't it? Hey, I got this pill for you. Here, take it. You'll be great. <laughs> but it's not until they understand that they have a sickness and they need that pill and more importantly, you tell them, man, I sold my whole house. I sold everything that I have for this pill, and I want you to take it. Here you go. And they're going to look at you crazy like, why would I take that? I don't even know you. But when you tell them, listen, have you ever told a lie in your life? say, yeah, I've told some lies before. Have you ever stolen anything in your life? 
Yeah, I've stolen a few things. Have you ever looked at another person with lust? Yes, I've done that. Then you can let them know the good news. Then you can let them know, man, so have I. To us Christians, that's not perfect. You can say, so have I. But let me tell you about this pill. I sold everything that I have to give this to you. To give you this gospel. Jesus came and he died on that cross for you. So that you don't have to go to hell because of that lie you told or that thing you stole or that look you looked or that thought you had. There is none of us in here who are perfect. But see, we got to be able to ask God for wisdom in a way to reach the lost. And when we're able to reach the lost and allow them to see, man, I, I am a sinner. I am messed up. And then they say, what can I do? And you say, I got the cure for you. And they're no longer thinking about what they're going to go eat. They're no longer thinking about that job. They're no longer thinking about what they got to do later on. Because now they're like, man, the next moment isn't promised. And if I don't get this cure, I can die. And you're like, yeah. And I took that. I took the cure. And his name is Jesus. He died on that cross for me and you and you and you. But see, if we never get in his word, because his word says that there is none righteous, no, not one in Romans 3.10. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. That means the wages, what we're owed, is death. Each and every one of us deserve death because of that little piece of bubble gum. Because of that little lie we told. Because of that thought we had because of those drugs that we sold, because of all the things that we've done, we all deserve death. But if you continue to justify it, then you're like, God would never send an incredible person like me to hell over a little sin like this. But when you read his word, he says, you will choose to go to hell because you didn't put your faith in me. He already died on that cross for us, gave up everything for those addictions. He gave it up. He gave his life for us. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. How many like gifts? We can give the world what they really want, but they don't even know they want it. The second thing we got to do is believe. We got to believe in our heart that Jesus Christ died for our sins, was buried, and that God raised him from the dead. Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will 
be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. For with the heart one believes unto doing what's right. That's when our Christian walk will begin to line up with what we're doing. When we confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that he did everything that he said he was going to do. Then we'll take that and we'll begin to line up our lives. Man, I got to cut this out. I don't want to do that anymore. Man, I got to cut this out. I don't want to do that. And we'll begin to line our lives up and begin to live a life that Jesus wants us to live. And the last thing we do is we call on the name of Jesus. Oh, there's nothing like calling on the name of Jesus. Romans 14, 11 says, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess to God. And the last verse is Romans 10, verse 13. It says, For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? Shall be saved. Shall be saved. It's not hard. But it's tough. Because some people are going to reject you no matter how much, how great of a, a how great of time you put into it. You man, you really need to get right and you tell them all the right things and they're still going to reject you. But we got to remember that they rejected him too. But listen, one thing God did not tell us to do is to, he didn't say we could save anybody. That's his job. Our job is to go tell people. Our job is to be a witness. Our job is to allow our lives to line up with what this word says. Amen? Let us bow our heads this morning. I want to ask all over this place. From left to right, front to back, no looking around. I want to ask in this place this morning. How many have never called on the name of Jesus? But today, this morning, you says, you know what? I got to get right. I got to get right with the Lord. And you want to make today the day of salvation. How many all over this place? If that's you, just lift your hand up and put it right back down all over this place. No looking around. No worried about who's, who's watching. Becoming childlike and saying, you know what, Jesus? I'm all in for you. Because I know who you are. Amen. <clears throat> Maybe you've called on the name of Jesus. Maybe you've walked with him. Maybe you've lived your life for him. But somewhere along the way, you went astray. And you begin to, to backslide. You begin to do all the things that you did before you knew Jesus. But this morning you're saying, I want to come back. I want to be that prodigal son. I want to come back and rededicate my life back to the Lord this morning. And start new, start fresh. How many all over this place, if that's you, just lift your hand up and put it right back down. I want to pray for you. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hands. 
Oh, I see your hands. The Lord is doing something in this place. God is doing a mighty work. Let us stand to our feet. How many know tomorrow is not promised? How many know we can we can fake it, each and every one of us? We can trick the person right next to us into thinking that we're an amazing person, that we're on fire for God because we come to church and we yell and we got a Bible. But how many know the truth is only you and God know how your walk is with him? Listen. God is doing something this morning. And so I want to ask all over this place, if you put your hand up and you meant it, and you say, today I want to give my life to the Lord. I want to rededicate my life back to the Lord. If that was you and you lifted your hand, I want you to just come down to the front. I would like to pray for you. Amen. 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 It's okay. Listen, you don't have to be afraid. Because God is doing something in this place. God is doing something in this place. Listen, when we come down here, this is not to embarrass anybody. We want to celebrate with you. Because this right here is the greatest decision you could ever make. But see, what happens is we begin to look around. See, when, when, when we do that and we say we want our heads down, amen. When we say that we want our heads down, nobody's watching. We lift up our hands. Because deep down inside, we really want to give our lives to the Lord. But then when we ask that second part, we're afraid of what that person next to us may really think about us. Listen, when you come down here, things are going to change. Things are going to change. But when you do it, God is ready to say, I'm going all the way with you. I'm going all the way with you. And so I, I, I just want to give a few more seconds. Because I know that God is ready to change your life. Tell that person next to you, I want to go. Go with me. Go with me. Because tomorrow's not promised. We can't sit back and wait. We can't sit back and say, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. We may not have next week. We may not have next week. We may not have next week. can't wait. You can't wait. You can't wait. You may be young, but tomorrow's not promised. I want you guys to repeat after me. And even if you're in your seat and you didn't come down, 
just know you can still be saved. You can repeat this prayer, amen. And this prayer, listen, this prayer is just a generic prayer. This isn't a you are saved prayer because the Bible says all you got to do is call out to Jesus. But this is a get on track prayer that helps us out along the way. And then when you get home and you get by yourself, you say, Jesus, listen, I meant that. When I said that prayer at that church, I meant that. I don't know where to go from here, but I meant that. Lord, help me. And then you open up your Bible and you begin to read. And you'll begin to to see what God is calling you to do. It's no longer time to sit back and, and play church. It's no longer time for that. Time is short, running out. So repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've messed up. And that's why I need you. Jesus, forgive me for all my sins. Wash me clean with your precious blood. Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died on a cross, that you was buried in a tomb, and that you rose again on the third day for me. Thank you, Jesus. Write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. In Jesus' name, I am saved. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.